Welcome to Momentum Church. Well, hey, family, it's good to see you today. And um, you all have had a week of fasting. Let me ask, how has that went for you? Good, good. Give yourselves an applause. Not that you need that, but, but yeah, yeah. I mean, how many here, raise your hand if this is the first time you've ever fasted in your life. Raise your hand. Anybody first-timers? All right, good, good, good. You know, it was a week where last Sunday we taught as we went into this new series. Um, we looked at the, uh, that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And if you missed last Sunday, go back and check out the Facebook Live of it. And so that idea of him being the bread of life, and I told you last week, man, that's, he's the ultimate comfort food. I mean, if you think about it, and comfort food to me speaks of relationship. And, um, and so it's a, a mark of our relationship to be able to daily partake of our relationship with Jesus, into that, that, that expression, that experience with him. So last week, we asked you not to eat, like to figure out some food and keep away from it, you know? And, and I made a joke last week about how comforting bread is, and man, I said something to the effect of, man, I wish I had a bread blanket. Man, you know, that's how awesome bread is. I would just wrap up in bread, and, and you know what? I want to show you something crazy. So somebody mailed this to me, and Middle of the week, this came to my office. It's toast, y'all. This is wonderful. This is all, oh, so comforting. So, so this week, I just I cuddled up in this and thought about carbs, you know, and and um, and uh, no, I'm teasing, but but that's neat. I didn't know that's how that worked. You know, you say something just off the cuff, and then boom, you know, so, so, um, you know, what really made me feel close to Jesus is an ultra glide Harley Davidson, I'm just saying, I'm just, <laughs> just saying, and, you know, oh man, this week my wife, she said it's a bread fast, like in her mind, she's like, it's a bread fast, and so she says, she gets this epiphany, she goes, oh, I know what I'm doing next year when we do the fast, I'm like, what, she goes, a bread fast, like, I'm only going to eat bread for the whole week, you know, I'm like, that's brilliant. So, but, but, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm glad we're back here today. We're going to look at the second I am. And the second I am, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Everybody say that with me. I am the light of the world. When it comes to light, scientifically, light is electromagnetic radiation with a wavelength that is visible to the eye. That is called visible light. Also, there's wavelengths that you can't see that is measurable by scientific instrumentation, all right? So that's kind of the scientific definition of light, but we know that's not exactly what Jesus is getting at. The three basic dimensions of light are number one. And now, if, I'm a if you're a science teacher here and I'm messing this up, I'm sorry, okay? This is the best I can do. I'm a layman, okay? So the three basic dimensions of light, you have intensity, that speaks to the brightness of the light. You have frequency. That's that wavelength speak, speaking to the color of the light. And then you have polarization or that angle of vibration which is not perceptible to humans by ordinary circumstance. But all those things are markers. They're portions. There's things that you can observe when it comes to light. So our purpose of today, to not be so scientific, our purpose of today is that light is energy. I mean, that's what it is, really. It's, I mean, we're, we see this real specific scientific definition, but when it comes down to it, light is energy. Because it is energy, light is measurable. All right? I love that. I want you to think about God, okay? Can you see God? No, I get that. But man, how many has had a measurable experience and encounter with Jesus? 
I mean, like literally, you, you, my life was like this beforehand, Chris, right? And it's completely different now. And I know I tried on my own for years and I walked and stumbled in darkness. But then there was a time I met Jesus and it changed everything. And you can take my life now and measure it against my life before and it is different. Amen? Oh, man, this sermon is going to preach itself today. Light is active. Oh, I don't serve a dead Jesus. Amen. I'm telling you, he's alive. Amen. Yesterday, today, and forever. He's alive. He is active. He's well. Amen. I got a whole sermon I got to preach. I can't just stop on all these. Light is observable. Well, now I got you, preacher. Now I got you. You can't see God. No, no. The characteristics of light are observable. I already told you there's sometimes you need some scientific instrumentation to be able to perceive light. And sometimes we've got to have the scientific instrumentation instrumentation of faith okay now just watch okay we got to be able to see those things that are not and call those things that are not as though they are all right and God doesn't call you to do that on your own he gives every one of us this measurement of faith this scientific instrumentation that allows to be able to see and perceive that thing we need and then next thing you know you get enough of that to where okay I'm starting to have that little window how many atheists ex-atheists let's say it that way or agnostics in the house raise your hand there's a few. I mean, I know I've talked to you before. So, but next thing you know, this little window opens up. That faith starts to rise. You start to put your faith and hope in it. You start to get really better and better at using that instrumentation. You start to hone in and start to, oh, I'm figuring this out. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. And you start to get God's word in you more. And next thing you know, you're like, oh, my word, I'm seeing the characteristics of God in everything. At once, you didn't even see Jesus. But now you can't help but see Jesus. And your friends are looking at you. Is that all you ever see in everything is Jesus? Yes. Yes, that's what I see. I just see. Why? Who changed? You changed. That, that face started rising up. That instrumentation started to be able to see what was invisible and see it as visible. Man. Now here, there's a lot to light, isn't there? I mean, we've just talked about all this stuff. That's a lot to light. Can I tell you what darkness is? Darkness has nothing for us. That's all it is, y'all. Darkness is just the absence of light. It is nothing. It is absolute space. It's nothing. But light is everything. And light, when it comes in contact with darkness or however you want to say that, changes everything. Amen? Yet, if darkness is nothing, why does it carry such emotion? Y'all know it does. How many, you're not going downstairs until you flick a light on right? I mean, it carries like tons of emotion. We're born with an innate fear of darkness, but darkness is nothing, right? Now, it's nothing. I mean, it's just, it's just darkness. There's something about darkness, though, man. There's this innate fear. A couple nights ago, Mac, he left his dog boy book in the car, and he wanted to go get it, and I think eight-year-old boys need to be scared sometimes, you know what I mean? And just feel that tension, and, and you're not going to read your book if you don't get it, you know, if you want to read the book, go get it. But, Dad, it's dark. I'm like, Buddy, there's nothing out there that's going to hurt you. He said, bears. <laughs> I, I, was, I was like, that's cool. At least it's not just dark. I mean, he's, he's tying up to something, bears. And I'm like, bro, there's no bears, buddy. There's no bears. You're going to be okay, you know. And I love what he did. He goes, okay, hey, Molly, 80-pound lab. Hey, Molly, come on with us, you know. And he took his bright white <laughs> Molly out to the car to get his dog boy book so he could have it. But there was that innate fear, and, and it couldn't get bridged until something went with him in a sense. We have that, you know. 
We, we, we need people in our lives, and it makes it easier. Jesus wants to be in our life, but he is the light. But still, all I'm saying is it carries such deep emotion. Do you remember a time in your life when you experienced complete darkness? Anybody been to Mammoth Cave before? Yeah? And they shut the lights off? It almost takes your breath. There's been a few times where I've been camping where it was just pitch black. I just, I, 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 it was completely black. I mean, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. That doesn't happen very often because of light saturation in communities, you know. But, but man, there is something about experiencing complete darkness that will leave you feeling a sense of unease. It will leave you feeling a sense of being unsettled. That darkness, it just doesn't, doesn't quite feel right, you know. You're not moving along as well. You're not being able to perceive as well. And so with that, that's kind of where we find Scripture. We find Jesus coming into this environment in this region, and these people that he's preaching to, they've been in emotional, spiritual darkness for a long time. They've been political darkness for a long time. And so there's an uneasiness about them. There's an unsettling about them. Roman oppression had caused that. Religious piety had caused that. Not relationship, but piety of religion had caused that. These pious religious leaders, they never could measure up. Economic struggles in that region had caused that. And we see Jesus in John chapter 8. All these I am's are in the book of John. We see Jesus in John chapter 8 verse 12 say this. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Isn't that good? And I, I hope during this series that y'all can come to scripture with a freshness about it. You know, like you can hear these sermons. I've been trying to just look at this with such fresh eyes. Like if I was in complete darkness and you said, I'm the light of the world, you're in complete darkness, but in me is the light of life. And man, I just, oh, think about how the light bulb would literally, the light bulb would go on, wouldn't it? You know, I mean, just in that moment, it would just be one of those complete, bing, aha moments. And the light would come on and you just realize in that moment, oh my word, that's, that's, that's life. That's what God's placing in me. And so here's the thing I've been telling you though. If we continue to have a relationship with God only through the church, okay, and only through church leaders and only through the expression of God's people, which I believe in, all right, but we forget to go to Jesus and get an understanding from him, it's not going to serve as well for the long haul because y'all are not followers of Momentum Church. God didn't call you to be a Momentum Church follower. God didn't call you to be, like I said, your next greatest, great love um, 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 singer. You know, is that me? I'm preaching. Somebody's listening to me preaching on Facebook right now. That's awesome. I preach to myself. No, so when it comes down to it, what was I saying? You just got to cut me off. Oh, fresh vision. You know, you're not, you're not Momentum Church followers, you know. You're not Brandon Leonard followers, you know. Um, you know, I mean, definitely, definitely you're not, you know, Ross Wiseman followers for sure, you know. But we're Christ followers. That's who we are. We're Christ followers. So as we get a deepening awareness of who he is, that he is the bread of life, that he is the light of the world, it ought to change how we live. It ought to cause us to be able to walk different, talk different, act different, perceive things in life different. And so this week, in order to work that into us, we've been reading out of the book of Matthew. And I hope, I'm not going to have you raise your hands, but it's a simple one chapter a day exercise, this 50-day exercise of experiencing Jesus. And if you were reading in Matthew this week, you would have come across Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And this is the setup. 
before Jesus' ministry really begins, okay? This is the setup. And it says in four, let's stand to our feet. We haven't done that yet. I love to honor God's word by just standing in honor of his word the first time we read in, in a given day. It says, now when he heard that John had been arrested, so Jesus hears that John's arrested, he withdraws into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, that's his hometown, Jesus went and lived in Capernaum by the sea. We learned of Capernaum last week. That was actually where he went to get away from the crowds to experience Passover. And the crowds followed him to the northern part of, of the Sea of Galilee. Remember learning about that last week? All right. So imagine this town, the north of the, 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 the lake or the, the sea, and imagine it it's not like Jerusalem. There's not the light saturation you would have of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was, in that era, a, a metropolitan community. You know, this, this is Capernaum. This is a little different than Jerusalem. This is on the edge of a, of, a, of, a, of a sea. It's way to the north. Just imagine this town, in a sense, shrouded in darkness. Okay? It doesn't have the light saturation that Jerusalem has. And so he goes to live in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulon and Naphtali. So that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Verse 16, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. Jesus, over the next few minutes, just remind us what it means to have your light dawn upon us. Remind us what it means. Let us remember how dark the darkness was when sin completely had us captive. Let us remember the darkness of, of, of lack of relationship with the God that is our creator. Although you pursued us, we rejected. Let us not forget that darkness today, Jesus, because your light has dawned. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. <coughs> you can have your seat. And so we see these people, literally, it's a community that has like physical darkness, but this is speaking of spiritual things, obviously, and it's speaking to them that the darkness is going to be expelled by the dawning of the light, and that these are people who are living in the shadows, living in the shadows. I want you to think about life when you're walking around in the dark, all right? Just do that for a moment. How many know danger increases when it's dark, all right? Um... Again, I keep using, I always use illustrations of things that are recent. I'm sorry. And so that night, a couple weeks ago, when the storm, or a week and a half ago, when the storm came through, I had just taken my last deer of the year. And five minutes later, the, the, the ceiling drops out. And by the time I'm dealing with this deer, it's raining like crazy. And, and I'm, I'm dealing with it by myself for probably a good half hour, 40 minutes. And then, thank God, my friend Anthony shows up. Thank you, Anthony. And we begin to work on this deer together. I, I, and, and, and all I'm saying is, in the dark, I usually trust Anthony with his knife. He's very astute with the knife. And, and like a younger, an older guy speaking to a younger man, you know, you, you, you keep your hand over here. And don't get near my knife. I won't cut you. I promise you. But if you start moving your hand, a moving target might get cut, you know. And, um, but in the dark, I'll be honest, Anthony, I was a little more nervous. I just was. I mean, because it's dark and it's just not our normal environment. And I was a little nervous. But you know what? You did good. You did real good, you know. So, no. But it increases the level of danger in the dark, you know. It increases the level of, of, of risk in the dark. Um, in the dark, often, that's when people are jumped. You know, that's when things happen like that, you know. Um, it, it, it increases um, um, the chance of, of, um, of um, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I know what I'm looking for. People get lazy in their choices in the dark, okay? 
I always tell young people, you don't have no business. And when I say young people, I mean anybody not married. Come on, somebody. I'm being honest. If you're a single 35-year-old, 3 o'clock in the morning hanging with your girl, it's just, it's just trouble. As the sun gets down, as you start to get tired physically, spiritually, your, 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 your resolve starts to diminish. You know, Things just happen in the dark. Let's just leave it at that, all right? And then and, and, and nine months later, other things, whatever. I'm just, I'm just saying, be careful of the dark at times. You know? Everything moves slower in the dark. You, you kind of you lose your mojo in the dark. You, know? you could be super crazy agile, but now it's dark, and you're not the same. You know, it's just everything just shifts up in the dark. Think that the enemy would love for us to live in the dark, wouldn't he? Doesn't the enemy come to kill, steal, and destroy? So, yeah, and Jesus comes to bring life and make life abundant. So it just makes sense that the enemy would be really satisfied if we didn't experience the light of Jesus in our life daily, he'd be really satisfied if we didn't even care about inviting Jesus to shine his light on things in our relationships and things in our finances and things in our health and things in our, our, our faith. And, and the enemy would love that because he steals, kills, and destroys. And the darkness is a place where that happens so readily. Now, here's what's neat about this passage of Scripture. The New Testament passage that we just read is prophesied. In Isaiah chapter 9. Go over and turn over to Isaiah chapter 9. This is a prophecy regarding this. But there will be no gloom for her who is in anguish. This is speaking of, of, of the nation of Israel. In the former time, Jesus, or it says, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he made, the glory, made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. you got to understand, this is a region that at one time was pagan. All right? So it was pagan and contemptuous. Can I tell you right now, pagan practices are still pagan and contemptuous. And I, and I, man, this is not, oh, I don't know why. I'm just going to step on everybody's toes the next eight weeks. Okay. As Christians, us asking people to send good vibes. What in the flip is that? Come on, somebody. Send good vibes? My God don't send good. I mean, like, like I get it. You're saying, hey, non-believer, send something the only prayer the non-believer has is, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I'm undone. I'm broken. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me come up against your theology a little bit. But, but can I just ask as believers, can we stop? Just send your prayers in good vibes, you know? I mean, you might say send your prayers and be thinking of me. I don't know what you want. I'm sorry. <sighs> All I'm saying is it was a pagan land. And in that paganism, it had gotten dark. And there was contempt from God toward that region. But God sent his people into that region to change that region. The problem is, so often God sends people into something to change it, and the thing changes them. It's not, it's not God's plan. It's because we don't lean in to the light. We don't lean in to the bread. We don't lean in to the awareness of who he is and have it change us. We allow the environment, the darkness, to change us. But man, if we press into the light, the darkness doesn't have a chance. I just think we need to press into light a little bit more, amen? So this contemptuous land of Zebulon and the, and the land of Naphtali, in those latter times, God brings this amazing thing. He brings his people into that community or into that region. God begins to bring change. And now finally, Jesus comes to be the fulfillment of this change because these people are walking in darkness at this point, all right? But they come, they see the great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has shown light, Amen? Isn't that good? And here's the thing you got to understand is this, this light isn't a thing. 
And really, this land isn't a, a, a place, all right? I mean, the, the land is our heart. The land is our environment. The land is our home. The land is our marriage. I mean, that, that, that thing that we can say, God, we want your light to shine, or God, we welcome your contempt. That's the land, amen? And the light isn't, isn't this electromagnetic radiation. No, no, the light is a person. It's Jesus. I can tell you how I know that. Keep reading Isaiah chapter 9, and let's go down a few verses. Watch. Verse 6, for to us a child is born. This is right after that. You can't have this light come if the person doesn't show up who is the light. Amen? For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government, shout government, shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Man, you could spend a whole day looking at all four of those and how light in those arenas changes everything. All right? I, I haven't created a sermon on that, so I, don't, I have no notes on it, but just off the cuff of my head. Wonderful Counselor. You know what? I'm tore up from the floor up, but I go into a situation, a counseling situation, and the Spirit of the Lord reveals to that counselor what I need and shines light on me. You know, that's powerful. Jesus shines light on my situation that's going on that can't be seen. Amen? You know, and again, I, I'm not going to go through them all. You go through them by yourself. I mean, that would be a rich study. How does light in those four things manifest? And they will. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. So as we look at this passage of Scripture, we're seeing that, that, that it's not talking about a, 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 a place. It's not talking about a thing. All this is pointing to a person. It's all pointing to Jesus. And I love this. Everybody say government again. Government. And the government will be upon his shoulder. Y'all know what government is. Government's order. That's what government is, order. And, and there is nothing more chaotic in our um, natural um, um, world than electricity. Right? I mean, it's, it's, how many has been shocked real good before? Okay, Yeah. I mean, there's nothing more chaotic. I mean, obviously different ones throughout the, the, the centuries. I mean, I think you think of Ben Franklin and the key and the kite and the, you know, all those good things. And, and that's why he didn't have hair and, and, you know, all that stuff. Nothing's more chaotic than electricity. But order comes, you know, and when you start to use different things to bring order into that electricity, resistance, etc., you can use and harness that power. And so order out of chaos is government. And a man by the name of Thomas Edison, you've heard of, he began to harness that. Now, here's the thing about it. Literally, do you realize one of the earliest lights, an arc, the Davies arc lamp was made like in 18, I think it was 1816, 1817, okay? It's an arc lamp, basically two wires. They get real hot when you see light. It's not controllable. You know, it's, it's, it's dangerous. It's, it's not, it's not um, um, as efficient. It, it burns so on. But light's been around a long time in that, in that, that rain, that, 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 um, that, the field. I mean, obviously, a lightning strikes, you see light. I mean, that, they didn't create light. He just learned how to contain it and use it. And so he learned to create some government, if you will, around the chaos, around that. So just think about that, all right? Darkness is the absence of light. In darkness, chaos reigns so often. And then God comes and says, I am light, you know? Isn't that cool? 
begins to take care of that chaos in our natural world, if you will, but also the chaos in our lives. And so Edison, he began to say, hey, this light, if we can pass it through a filament, something that will not burn so fast, then we'll be able to control the burn and control the, 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 the level of intensity, and we'll be able to have a functioning light bulb that we can use in homes and businesses and so on. And so thousands, literally thousands of different products that he used that he would burn down and then take it and try to use as a filament and he settled upon a bamboo fiber that's what he settled upon after thousands and thousands so the bamboo fiber he could burn it carbonize it is what they call it he could carbonize the 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 fiber and then place that between two electrodes and then pass energy through electricity through it and with the right amount of voltage and the right amount of of of, of resistance well it creates the resistance but with the right amount of voltage and current it would be able to shine bright is that cool what did he do he brought government to something crazy something chaotic, and he used a filament. You know what a filament means, the word filament? It means from thread, from thread. Isn't that cool? From thread, all right? Everybody say thread. So he takes this thread, he places it between these, these points of, of, of electricity, and next thing you know, you have, you have a working incandescent light bulb, a light bulb much like we're showing. So with that, you have this kind of a thing. <coughs> so... With that, um, a man by the name of Louis Giglio, how many's heard Pastor Louis preach before? Love Louis, you know? I love what he said about this. He said that word filament from thread, he said, Jesus is the thread of light that we see all throughout Scripture. Don't you love that? That thread. So think thread. He's that thread of light that we see weaved all throughout Scripture. In other words, he is the government. He is the order in the midst of the chaos. We begin to see it from day one. Can I just take us on a little journey through the Scriptures a little bit? So Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And a sense over the face of the chaos, over the face of, the face of what wasn't controlled in a sense, not governed yet, okay? And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, very first thing. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light was good, and God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Well, Pastor Ross, that's just, that's just the natural world. That's just physical light. Yeah, you're right. I get that. I understand that. All right. I totally understand that. But what it teaches us is this, that light is God's answer to the dominance of darkness. Do you hear that? Light is God's answer to the dominance of darkness. The problem is, what is that source of light? Do we allow Jesus to be the source of light? Or do we try so many other things thinking it's light, but it's not? And you know how I know it's not? Because in John 1, verse 1 through 5, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and life was the light of men. Speaking of this, this it's Jesus. The light shines in darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. So when light shows up, darkness is dispelled. Amen. When the dominance of darkness, everything changes. So God's answer to light or to darkness, the dominance of darkness is light. That idea that darkness would try to overcome us or have dominance over us, he, he doesn't answer it by saying, just buck up. Just, just muster something on your own. Just get stronger on your own. No, no. He answers it by saying, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Jesus is the word. 
He answers it by saying, Jesus is the light that is the life of men. Go, go after him. Go pursue him. That's what he says. And I love this. It's the first chapter of the, the whole Bible, the Old Testament, and we see light. The first chapter of the New Testament, we see light. And what I love about this chapter, watch this, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Light and life are inseparable. Okay? Light and life are inseparable. So Jesus, as the source of light, he is everything for us to have spiritual life. Just like light in our earth, in our world, is what our world needs to have physical life. And you may say, well, but Pastor Ross, there's things in the depths of the ocean that still have life without light. Okay, how did the energy that got there got, get there? Photosynthesis. It, 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 energy starts with light. Come on, somebody. It's going to get to the depths of the darkest ocean and get that little freaky creature that's got the thing that comes over here and it's got the little light, you know? That's some cool stuff. It is. But that little illuminescent thing, that bioilluminescent thing on the end, that creature would not have light if it wasn't for photosynthesis that's happening thousands of miles, 100 miles, however deep the ocean is, up on the surface. So photosynthesis causes life, physical life, right? The word photosynthesis, the root comes from the Greek, or in the Latin too, phos, P-H-O-S, phos, all right? You got that? Phos. So the thing about it is that transmission from light to life happens, and it empowers our whole world. But we as believers think that somehow our growth and development and our spiritual life are going to happen apart from Jesus. And I, I know we say we don't believe that, but so often our actions look different. Does that make sense? Myself included. Like I said, this sabbatical was so good for me because I, I got away from so much stuff and was able just to go, Jesus, it's just about you, Jesus. You are the light of, 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 of men. You are the life. You are the light of men, you know? So we see light and life are inseparable. You can't have life in without the light of men, which is Jesus. Amen. The, the next thing we see, light and truth are inseparable. Light and truth. Right in the middle of Scripture, in Psalm 119, we want, see a wonderful passage. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. His word brings light to us. Not only is he the word. This word points us to Jesus. I mean, he literally is the characteristic of this word. And so that word is a light to our path. Light and truth are inseparable. You know how much I know that? So much is revealed in the night, you know, because of light. When the light shines, oh, you can get a, a, an awareness, all right? How many, how many back in the day, you're at the club, all right? And just listen to me. Just go there with me. So this, this lady's looking at you, and she's like, mm, he's cute. You know, she's looking right at you, man. She's looking right at you. Ooh, he's so fine. No, no, you're just club cute. That's all you are. <laughs> just club cute. Just club cute, you know. Next thing you know, it's like, hey, let's go to Woho. Let's go to Waffle House, you know, and we'll get out of here, and we'll get some, some, some grub on. And it, Waffle House, you see everything in Waffle House. <laughs> I'm serious. That place is bright, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
And all of a sudden, ma'am, you're looking at this man and you're like, dude, he ain't Billy Ray, nor is he Billy D. I mean, like, this is not good, you know. I mean, my word, you know. Light is a revealer of truth. Amen. I'll take a drink. God bless you. <laughs> and so we stumble often in life, going through life, needing truth, you know, seeking truth everywhere. And I, I hate to even have to address this kind of stuff, but I want to, okay, just because I feel like the worldview and, and our Christian foundation is being muddled, okay, so much. You know, we're, we're a post-Christian world now. We really are. You, guys, I can't even tell you what 10 years from now is going to look like with the church. You know, I just can't. Or with our community, with our world. It's just press into Jesus is all I can say, okay? And so... You know, we're trying to find truth, and, and, and people will look at horoscopes, trying to find truth. People will look for all sorts of sources, you know, all sorts of, 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 of um, expressions of faith. And, and ultimately, all truth points back to God. I get that. I understand that. But sometimes people study more outside of this than they're studying this, you know. So I just want to say, the word is a lamp to my feet and the light to my path, and that light it allows us to see truth. Light and truth are inseparable. Finally, light and eternal life are inseparable. Isn't that cool? First, the eternal life are inseparable. In Revelation, so the end of the book. Isn't that cool? First of the book, middle of the book, end of the book. Everywhere you look in Scripture, you're going to see this thread, this filament of light that is Jesus. Revelation is 21, verse 22 through 23. And I saw no temple in the city. This is talking like when we're there in the New Jerusalem, at the end of time, when we get to experience all God has us for eternity. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. Is that good? It's not about a building. It's not about a, a thing. It's about a person. It's not about a place. It's about a person every single time. And it even goes further with this idea that it's not about a thing. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. Why? Because it's not about a thing. No. For the glory of God gives its light and its lamp is the lamb. It's Jesus. Amen? So from Naphtali, that region where the city of Capernaum is, and a people bound in darkness. It's not about the place. Man, it was about the person. And Jesus shone in the midst of that darkness, and that darkness could not overcome it. And now we see, experience eternity. It won't be about a place. Well, what will heaven be like? I don't know. I'll be honest. Your preacher's not real good at eschatology. You know, that just sounds like something you eat at a fish place, you know. I'd like to have an order of eschatology, please. That'd be good. Mm. You know, I, 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 I told Amy recently, I said, I'm going to teach about a four-week series on end times. I don't know if I'll do that this year, but, um, but maybe at the end of time. I don't know. It's just not, I, I'm like, there's so much stuff to deal with now, let alone the end times. How many of you would like to know more about the end times? Okay, a few of you. But I'm, I'm in the boat with the ones with their hands down. It's like, it's important, and I know it. It's just, we'll get there. It's going to happen anyhow, right? But with that, what's, what's heaven going to be like? I don't know. I just know I'm going to be with Jesus. I know who he is in his fullness I'm going to experience. Does that mean I'm going to sit there and walk every day? Come on, Jesus. I, I don't know about that. I don't know exactly. I just know the fullness of who he is. I'll be abiding in that. And I know that's life. That's eternal life. And so remember, it's not about a person. 
or it's not about a place, it's not about a thing, it's all about a person. And so that person, we see that thread, that filament of light, we see that theme of light weaved all throughout Scripture. And, and Jesus, literally, he wants to weave that theme of life into the life of the believer. In Colossians 1.13, it says, For he rescued us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. There's this transference from darkness to life. Darkness, man, it can be scary. That idea of eternal life, that idea of I'm hiking long. I have a friend who went on a hike, and they weren't planning on hiking long, but it was three ladies, and they got lost in the Adirondacks. Pitch black by the time night came. They didn't have a flashlight. They, they're, they're, they're groping in darkness, and they get to a spot, and there's a tree, and they can feel the tree, and they held on to the tree. All three ladies, just as they figured whatever's going on, as long as we hold on to this tree through the night, we'll be okay. Y'all, morning came, and that tree was about 8 to 10 feet away from a drop-off. If they would have kept going in that pitch-black environment, they would have lost their lives. Can I tell you right now, we have a tree that we hold on to? Amen? Amen? That's the cross. It's that place where we get a hold of, of, of forgiveness. It's that place where the shed blood of Jesus allows us to be able to appropriate his forgiveness over our sins. And it welcomes his light into our lives. Amen? That's that cross. But it all points to eternal life. Literally, if they would not have held on. So listen, light and life are inseparable. Light and truth. The truth was, without light, they would have died. Light and truth are inseparable, and light and eternal life are inseparable. So it makes sense that he would invite his people, his followers, in to share in the light. All right? In 1 Peter 2, 9, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Watch how easy this is. You ready for this? Called out of darkness, okay? Called out of darkness into his marvelous light. If you're here today and you're like, Ross, I don't know how to change my life. I don't know how to come after the things of God. I don't know how to, I don't know, I, what am I supposed to do? I, I haven't been in church. I don't understand this stuff. You think it was difficult when God said to a dark, chaotic world, let there be light? Do you think he strained in that? you think he had to contend to do that? Let there be, and there was, and it was good. Amen? Give God some praise. Amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and so how do we shine bright? How, we, just, we just stay connected. That's how. That's how we stay bright, you know? It's because he is the energy. And when he calls us to be light, we are the filament. At that point, the thread of who he is begins to weave all throughout our lives. And that idea of who he is can illuminate our lives. He is the source. You are not. Amen? He is the source. Your friend's not the source. Your pastor's not the source. He is the source. And so what I would say to you is, man, if I'm going through life and things are all messed up, can I say, stay screwed in? So you don't get screwed up. Oh, that was deep, somebody. Come on. I'm going to say it one more time so it gets deep in your spirit. Stay screwed in so you don't get screwed up. Yeah. yeah. Don't disconnect from him. Don't run. Matthew, young man, he's getting ready to go to the U.S. Air Force for boot camp. Man, congratulations. We're proud of you, son. 
There's going to be so many opportunities for you to unscrew what's going on in your life, to disconnect, if you will, you know, so many, you know. I'm not saying God's not there for, I'm just saying stay connected. How do I stay connected in my life, you know? Amen. How do I stay connected? And so not only staying connected to the source affects you, it affects everyone around you. Because as you read last week, if you read your weekly readings in this series, you read in Matthew 5, verse 14 through 16, where Jesus talks about you are the light of the world. Now he says, you're the light of the world. I don't want to be the light of the world, Jesus. I'm sorry if you're a Christ follower, you're giving off light. Some may be a little more dim than others, but you're giving off light. All right? And so with that, he was preaching to the people when he said that, there with Capernaum. They knew how dark their little community was. They knew, if you imagine this city on the edge of that lake, and you're coming across an ocean, or a sea rather, and you see that little community way up there, wouldn't a light on a hill shine really bright? Yeah, it would. That's what he's saying. Like You're like a, a city set on a hill. You're like Capernaum sitting on the hill. Be like that. Be that light. And so where do we go from here if we're going to be the light? Number one, you need to be bright, not right. Okay. Well, if I get all this information, then I can refute everybody that disbelieves the things. That, no, no, just be bright. I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have an, uh, an understanding of apologetics and how to, how to teach people the truth. I'm not saying you shouldn't. You should. But for most of us, starting out, we just need to worry about being bright. More bright than right. Amen? Help people see that they can find their way home. Help people see and point them to Jesus. And so during this experience of the 50-day journey, that's what we've been trying to do. We want us to hone into who Jesus is, have that connection, and just allow that to flow out of us. This week, it's only two weeks into this series, and oh my word, we're getting people reports all the time. I, have, I had a lady talking to Amy. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't even know what that exactly means, but I want the power of God in my life. Why? Because when you begin to press into Jesus, the Holy Spirit will point you deeper to Jesus. He just does. And so the Holy Spirit goes, you're pointing yourself to, you're, you're going after Jesus? Ooh, I'll make that light shine bright. Let me come in. Let me get involved. Let me, let me help bring that praise to him. Let me help bring that to the, thing, the, to the throne. Amen? I've had people go, man, I'm going after the word like I've never gone after the word before. You know? I'm hungry like never before. It's not because you're a preacher. It's because you're going after Jesus. And as you do that, the Holy Spirit gets involved and gives you strength that's not your own. To be able to go after Jesus anymore. That's the Holy Spirit's job. He points us to Jesus. Amen? It's not so that you shake. It's so that you can live. You know? Sometimes you do shake and see. Amen? But after the shaking's done, the light is it being seen. Amen? And so the second thing with this, number two, energy has to be slowed down in order to shine bright. There, there's something they learned that when there was a resistor and they could slow the voltage down a little bit or the current down a little bit, that that light would it would, flay, it would get a little, a little brighter. That energy, you, things have to slow down to be able to see that light a little brighter. And now this is set. The resistor is set in it on what it needs to be, and it just stays consistent. But you change that resistance, and, and it'll just, just a little bit. I'm not talking about a dimmer. That's different. But it'll just change just a little bit the amount of energy flowing to that filament. All right? So what I'm saying with that is this week, we want to slow down. Amen? I'm, I'm so fired up. I'm going to go be the light. I'm going to do so much for Jesus. Yeah, I want you to, okay? I want you to slow down first, all right? Just slow down for a second. Even Jesus told his disciples, go wait in Jerusalem, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and empower you. He, they're ready to go. Minister, no, no, slow down. Slow down. There's nothing wrong with that. And so we're slowing down this week. A 50-day interactive study is what we're doing on Jesus. So this week, last week, was the bread of life. 
this week as I am the light of the world. And the light that shines in us most, that makes literally hours go by like that, are the lights of our devices. I mean, how, how many's ever binge watched something? I mean, you didn't bathe? You know what I mean? Or if you did, you took it to the bath with you. You know what I mean? Like, like, I mean, crazy. Like, you can, 10 hours goes by, and you're just like, whoa, what in the world just happened? What just, what just happened? So this week, what we want to do, now, obviously, you're a computer programmer, and you work with computer every day or whatever your job. I get that. I'm not saying with work. Sorry, boss. I'm loving Jesus. I can't look at screens this week because my pastor. No, 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 no. If it's not related to work, okay, shut those screens off this week. Okay? Does that make sense? If it's not related to work, shut those screens off. That, that, that YouTube, that, 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 the Netflix, the Hulu, the whatever it is that you enjoy. Podark. I didn't say it right, did I? What's it called, Amy? Poldark. Yeah, I'm just teasing her. She likes that show. That's her show. A lot of, lot of like that. She, she just waits on the weekend for a little window. It's something she does, and it's rich for. I just want to challenge all of us for this week, starting tomorrow, or yeah, it starts tomorrow. Starting tomorrow through the end of, of, of Saturday, let's go digitally dark, okay? Again, unless it's related to work, let's go digitally dark. Can we do that? All right? In that darkness, what are you going to do? You're going to be with your family. You're going to read. You're going to go for a walk. Listen to what the Lord's speaking to you. Look to him as the light. Look to him as the light. And then um, reading starting today, Matthew chapter 8. So 8 through 14 this week. And then tonight, we'd love to have you at 630. Come to Faith Family over on Bells Ferry for a night of worship. Amen. Jesus, we just press into you, the light of the world. Lord God, I thank you that light shines in darkness and dark can't, darkness cannot comprehend it. Lord God, I believe that the things in our life, we're not going to be able to comprehend in the next year the relationship we have with you, the richness of that relationship as you shine your light deeply into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.